from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. All kinds of cool things going on. I'm excited for today's program because we have to unpack and do the deep dive on all this interesting stuff that's hitting the news and that is so relevant to marketing. Yeah, there's lots of stuff out there, so I'm super excited about our hit and miss um, segment because mm-hmm. we can talk about all that and weigh in with our opinions, which is always fun. If you would like to weigh in with your opinions or ask any of us a question, please feel free to call in at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. And we'll be talking about topics you just might have an opinion about. Mm-hmm. So let us know. Our phone lines are open and and we'll take your calls. Yes. Um, so today we have two segments to our show. We have the hit and miss segment, which is our first segment where we ask an expert in the media to come in and speculate mm-hmm. on whether things in the news were hit or miss. Um, and for that segment, we're so delighted to have Shannon Miller, who's the creative and inclusion editor at Adweek. Hello, Shannon. Hi, it's great to be back. Great to have you. Awesome. Great to have you. We're really excited to hear your opinions and what you've been working on. We're also very interested in that. Mm -hmm. And in our spotlight segment, this is our Halloween show. So we have Silver uh, Stephen Silverstein, who's Mm -hmm. the CEO of Spencer and Spirit Holdings. He comes in annually. He's a Wharton grad, and he loves us, and we love him. We love him. And he tells us everything that's going on in. Halloween and um, yeah. decorations and costumes yep. and Holiday, all the new stuff. retail, very yeah. cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited for yep. that. But before we get to our spotlight segment, let's go play our hit and miss segment where we talk about items in the news and discuss whether it was a hit or a miss. Hit. Bullseye. Or miss. Just a bit outside. Okay, so I got one that I want to start with because I always like to lead with the retail stories. Retail, you are Uh, the retail guru. (laughs) I mean, the world knows this, Barbara. Now, this is a bigger story than just retail, but it is there is a retail angle. Mm -hmm. And just this week, Gap announced that they were joining everybody else, and they were going to drop (laughs) Ye or Kanye West Mm -hmm. for his remarks. Mm -hmm. But when Gap um, drops it, it's a little bit different than Mm -hmm. some of the others because this um, uh, collaboration with Kanye was supposed to be this way to jumpstart and make Gap culturally relevant mm. and it was they were really depending on him to bring in uh, the young consumer and to bring in a point of view and in some sense even if the point of view was polarizing you know that might be okay because they're going after a, a, a youth culture and people were like talking about relevant things whatever you say mm-hmm. is really um, the way to go mm-hmm. but after his, some of the most recent statements and um, even Gap had to say no yeah. and they said you know anti-Semitism racism and hate in yep. any form are inexcusable yep. and they have to drop but when they drop now the question is what are they going to do I mean you might remember that right before all this happened um, Kanye and 
or yay, whatever the hell are we call him. <laughs> yay, Come I on, Barbara, get his name right. Yay. <laughs> yay. Yeah, you got to be cool with the, yeah, you know, the young yeah, kids. Yeah, I, cool, I don't have to be cool. I'm never going to be cool. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you guys can be cool. <laughs> but what was interesting is right before, you might remember, the, he had that trash bag. Worth, yes, he did. You know, yeah. remember, he's coming in with that yep. trash bag worth of clothing, and people didn't even know what to do with that. Yeah. So, um what is your take on where Gap is um, right now? I mean, just even 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 if you haven't studied it, in, in, what do you think Gap brand is once they dropped Kanye West? And they were late to drop it, so they're mm. not even getting full credit for wow. making a bold statement. Adidas is getting much more credit for, for dropping it because they're dropping a lot of business mm-hmm. when they're dropping it. Um, and they were very clear and articulate in why they were dropping it mm. and why the timing on when they were dropping it. But Gap kind of came to the party late. They were depending on Kanye for a new point of view. And now, where is Gap the brand? Wow, that's a great question. What are you thinking? Do either Shannon, you have any opinions on that? I mean, I know you don't always cover every single story we talk about here, but even just from being around, do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I, I think that um, even, you know, by, you know, timing standards, obviously they were extremely late. But I think, and this is just a personal opinion of mine, I feel like even onboarding him in the first place was a bit of a mess <laughs> in terms of where he is in the culture. I mean, yes, yeah, he yeah. is. Uh, he was obviously still very culturally relevant. However, if you're talking about somebody that's going to have a reach, a broadened reach, you could have gone to literally anyone else. Mm. I mean, like, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, Issa Rae. Mm. Uh, Issa Rae, you know, that would have been cool. Mm. Yeah, you, like there are just there are so many people. Like Kiki Palmer, there are so many people that are just like yeah. really resonating with the culture right now. And to go to Ye, obviously because you know of his legacy, right? And sort of banking on that legacy, I don't know that that was sort of the best approach or strategy. It worked for them for a little while, obviously. Right. But yeah, now they sold a couple hoodies, I think. Right. <laughs> so, right. 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 <laughs> right. They sold right. a few trash bags of clothing. Great for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. When you have someone who sort of banks, who puts a lot of capital in these, um, not only controversial but dangerous opinions. Dangerous, you're, you're stuck yeah. in situations like this. Yeah. So I, I think it was not a. Not only a miss in timing, but just a mm. miss in really understanding the culture right now and yeah. where we are. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of an interesting case study in what a legacy brand can do once they lose their way. Like right. way back when, when Gap was cool, one of the things they were cool about is they made very high quality T-shirts and jeans mm-hmm. that you could dress up with luxury items. So mm. you would start with the basic Gap, which you knew was dependable, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you could put these other luxury things and you could, and so they got big celebrities and lots of people come in because you could take their basics and put your own personality on it. And Gap was really a brand that was dependable mm. um, but then mm. they started losing their ways they oh they put too many stores out there mm. you know they introduced old navy which was kind of cheap gap and you couldn't tell the difference yeah. between cheap gap and regular gap and they you know diluting. they just yeah. they diluted their brand yeah. and so like what does gap mean and yeah. it's such a huge american legacy brand totally but like when you think of gap what do you think about now? Like, America. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, you, what's the identity of Gap without Yay? Yeah, I think it's a huge deficit. To your point, Barbara, and I, when I th- you know think about this sort of issue, I think about 
you know, what, when you, this is actually relevant to what Shannon was saying as well. It's sort of like, what were you expecting? It's like, there's the creative genius of yay, uh, but along with that comes a very clear history of these kinds of things that could go wrong. So your risk profile <laughs> assessment, you know, should be pretty, <laughs> pretty accurate. You know what I mean? It's like, no one was shocked. No, <laughs> and, and there was no, I mean, it's very different, I think, with Adidas, which yes. by the way is the way you're supposed to say, and I know I know. I know people, I'm sorry, I know. I know everybody else Ladies and germs, the correct pronunciation is, is, say it again. Adidas, I'm sorry Adidas. about that. Yes. I feel really yes. bad saying it right wow. when I know the whole world My doesn't. Adidas, <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same uh, run yeah. DMC effect. And you know why you the real name is Adidas? <laughs> I found out, which why? is why I say it right now what? because the founder was named Adi. Okay. And so oh, it's, that's na- interesting. it's not like a foreign word that we're mispronouncing. Yeah. It's actually the guy's name. Well, yeah. So um, when I was growing up in high school, the, the thought was that Adidas meant all day I dream about sports. Is that oh, true or total oh, bullshit? Oh, I don't know. That's good. <laughs> that was the mythology. That. That, I don't but know. That's, that's what... <laughs> actually, to my point, what's different is yeah. that Adidas does have an image. Oh, yes. You know, Kanye mm-hmm. was going to add to that image. Yes, yes. But yes. Adidas without Kanye still is Adidas. True, true. Gap without Kanye oh, what the hell really is Gap yeah, yeah. you know yeah, yeah. like that's the problem yeah. and I think if we were going to you know draw a conclusion here you can't take a weak brand and just extend it to make it strong you got to start with a base you got to start yeah. with something yeah. you know, what do you think America? no that's 100% that's... correct yeah because it's like what you're drawing on I would preach this in the class constantly the branding classes the strategy classes like the brand is the meaning system it creates a, it's an asset and you're building and building because at the end of the day I mean all this stuff is kind of close to being identical so the differentiation is really the brand which lives in people's heads. Right. Right. And so that's very, very powerful. Yeah. So you got a brand like Gap that's kind of lost its way. It's, you know, they were making mistakes. If this didn't bring it down, something else would have. That's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. Um, Shannon, you got a take on that piece of. I mean, I, I think of a lot of brands um, now that kind of fell into like a similar, like, wayward path. Um, like uh, something that comes to mind to me is like, True Religion, and mm. oh goodness, what is the brand that just happened? The the Netflix documentary was it American Eagle, American Heritage? Oh, oh, the the and one one that one? No, or? no, it was oh goodness gracious. There's it a lot was, of documentaries about failure. <laughs> I, I think it was Abercrombie and Fitch. There oh, it is. oh, that one. Oh my God, yeah. So Gap for me, sort of just thinking in sort of like the cultural context for me when I was growing up, Gap was one of those things where it felt. You know, growing up in a working class family, it felt a little bit more exclusive than what we could necessarily afford. And it kind of felt not nearly as expensive as like True Religion or um, Abercrombie, but it was still one of those things where it was like, you really had to save up. It, there, it really spoke to a certain cultural cachet. Mm. And what we're seeing with other brands like True Religion and Abercrombie, they are pivoting to make themselves more accessible right? Mm. and make themselves a little bit... um get a little bit closer and sort of close that gap between themselves and like the working family audience. Mm. I would not be shocked if we saw this sort of like hardy pivot from gap where it's like, okay, we, we obviously did a flub. We, we, <laughs> we did a little bit of a bad right now. We have to be like the every brand. I would not be shocked because you, you're absolutely right. Robert, the, the big appeal was you can take a gap shirt, you can throw some jeans on or you can throw a pencil skirt and a blazer on and it would still have that same sort of fashion um you know hit like Mm. it was just so so flexible but now we have to get to a point where it's a little bit more accessible 
to the everyday person. And I think yay was kind of the opposite of that. And now you have to do like a full 180 now. Yeah, you got to the... give me a reason to go in the store. I don't, I really don't have a reason to go in the store. I can't think right. of a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and that can't be good for a retailer. Right. Uh, right. So I guess we're all thinking this is Miss Unjack's point. Miss, yeah, right, yeah. with a capital you M. Miss. You know, yeah. and then we get to like the issue with Kanye. I mean, he can't. I mean, he says he's not bothered by this. But, uh, <laughs> Did but, he say that? I don't know. It seems like. What's your take on Kanye? I mean, he well, coming I mean, back from this. Yeah, I, I, you know what? It, the problem is he he sees himself as a, a global iconic brand, and you can't narrowly define who you're going to align with and the views that are, you're going to put out there. If those views are seen as you know really morally outraged views or views that exist only on a fringe kind of level, so it, it goes. I what I've been thinking about Barbara is like, what's the end game here? Okay. <laughs> like, what's what's the theory? What's the what's the strategy that you're trying to get to here? And I don't. I honestly don't know what's going you on. You know, have you? I think Noah Trap. Trevor Noah, has, what has his name though? Trevor Noah, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. guy. He he's very interesting. What he said. He said he thinks. Look, Kanye, or I guess he probably calls him Yay. Yeah. Yay. Um, has a mental illness yeah, and yeah. that's what we're seeing now yeah, and I don't want to be on record condemning someone with a mental illness yeah. um, because I don't want to go on the that's ramifications of it that's so like I'm not you're not going to see me pick on him oh, that's, that's what he said oh, which is a really yeah. interesting take a lot of people aren't take, talking about that yeah. but yeah, yeah. he has admitted as has Kim Kardashian that he has a mental illness this okay. is not something that's yeah. not known interesting um, and so let me ask you this, Barbara, does that, and also listeners, if you have an opinion on this, what do you think about Gap and Kanye and Adidas right now? You can give us a call at 1-844-942-7866 and weigh in on this very important issue. You brought up something that's very interesting, Barbara, which is that if there is a mental health il uh, illness component, does that say brands should not be, uh, I mean, what what is the implication? Should there be empathy in not letting these relationships go and get canceled so quickly? Like, what are the implications in terms of that? That's really interesting. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think that they can afford to sit by and let some of these hate messages go, yeah. so they're going to have to make an implication. But what Trevor Noah, that's how it that was, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I forget which name <laughs> goes. But yes. at any rate... Um, the Daily Show. Yeah, right, yeah. The Daily Show. Right. Yes, what he yes. was saying yeah. is, though... You know, I'm. I don't condone what he's saying. Yeah, That's not what it is. That's it's interesting. just that I separate the man from the statement, uh -huh. and I understand. Yeah. You know his situation, and I'm just not going to comment on it anymore. You know, like so. It, it, I guess it's the notion of you know he said I will not be canceled. That's kind of what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to be canceled. So mm -hmm. that's. I don't know what brands do with all that. Shannon, do you have an op opinion on that point of view? Um, you know, definitely. I mean, as someone who also navigates mental illness, I think the one thing that you have to remember or that brands need to remember is that, you know, of course, there is a, a curve. There's a curve that you have to deal with when you're, you know, relating with someone who navigates the world differently. Um, but at the end of the day, I know that for myself and speaking for myself only, um, I, at the end of the day, I'm still responsible for how mm. I manage my mental illness mm -hmm. and how mm. I navigate the world with that. Mm -hmm. When you have someone who is not without access, he mm. certainly, you know, as okay, a billionaire, he can certainly without yeah. access. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can afford what's necessary to, yes, to, yeah, to manage that, to prevent himself from getting to these places. That's interesting, it's, yeah. it's hard. I mean, of course, you want you want to practice empathy in, in every aspect of your life. 
you also have to remember though that like this is also an adult man mm. with you know who is responsible at the end of the day for his own words and his own actions and we can still practice empathy mm. while still you know saying you know there are consequences really for the things that we stay yeah. and are the things that we do don't exist in a vacuum even outside of business they yeah. harm whole communities and yeah. we have to be able to respond to that responsibly. So I you know, agree with that point. Yeah. Of view. And I think that's what Trevor Noah was saying. So I'm going to give him a hit. Yeah, um, yeah he gets a hit. Yeah. He came yeah. out with a kind yeah. of, he's an interesting guy. I really yeah, yeah. like totally, what he has totally. to say. Um, and he came out with an interesting perspective, because which it, I haven't heard other people talk yeah, about. Yeah, because it's easy to mm -hmm. just jump on the morally outraged yeah. bandwagon and just yeah. like, you know, immediately cancel. Yeah. But your point, Barbara, which is really interesting, a healthy dose of empathy yet accountability. Right, yeah. right. That's right. what Shannon's saying. Yeah, yeah and I, I'm going to give you. So, Shannon, um, you've earned the right to tell us what you actually have been working on. <laughs> oh, boy. Hard <laughs> <Our> transition. <laughs> yes, that was about as subtle as a drive-by shooting. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been an interesting few months. I mean, obviously, we're in sort of the um, depths of Halloween advertising. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of been the, the, the major focus, um, at least within this past week or so, is just sort of looking at how brands are celebrating Halloween this mm. year. Mm -hmm. So that's been where where I've been. That's sort of gotcha. what I've been wading in pretty deeply. Halloween events are fully back, Shannon. Fully, the, the pandemic is completely over, is it, or is we're still in sort of a semi-hybrid mode? I mean, I guess there's just no pandemic, there's no COVID, there's no nothing. Like, it, it, it disappeared. It was like just now you see it, now you now don't. You know. Yeah, yeah. Really, and that's been sort of like the the per the pervasive trend in Halloween marketing right now. And I think it's sort of been pervasive actually throughout the year. Any sort of event or holiday marketing that you're running into, it, it, there is this strong, strong mission of let's get back to normalcy. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to pre-COVID times where we were out in these streets, having a great time, mm -hmm. trick-or-treating, going mm -hmm. to parties. And we're seeing a lot of that um, sort of go back into our our Halloween marketing. And it's not like there, it's not without cause. I believe it's the uh, National Retail Federation mm. that mm -hmm. recently uh, predicted that there was a, going to be a 5% jump in Halloween spend. So that's $10.6 billion. Yeah. Um, just yeah, across. it's a huge market now. People wow. are, and I've been walking around Philly huge. and all these houses are beautifully decorated. Yes. It's definitely rivaling Christmas decorations i think it's uh, actually bigger than yeah. christmas decorations i feel like it is it's it amazing. is because it, it's, it's a deeply social holiday. Yes, I mean, in terms social. of everything else, you know, everything else is very much family oriented and ending. And, and it's great. But when you're talking about fun, that's mm. Halloween. Yeah, and absolutely. you're just out with your friends, you're getting candy, you're getting liquored up. It's just it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like there's so much flexibility in your marketing. And now we are just seeing it sort of like return to that. One of the um, kind of curious things, though, is like, very much in terms of like my life and I think the lives of like my friends is like we're living in a in not post COVID because COVID is still very much out, very much. out here. Yep. But like this post quarantine area era where we still have to be very careful when mm -hmm. we go outside. So I am a little not surprised because we haven't seen it in any marketing really, but there is no real evidence of this idea that COVID is still here. Like you're not seeing people like walk around in like masks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're that's not true. Like distancing or anything like that. It's very much. Well, and Halloween street. they'll be wearing masks. That's the good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Like you, it, but even then it's just like, 
if there was any time to see like a wealth of mask, you would think it would yeah, be Halloween yeah, marketing. Yeah. And it is yeah. not. I've taken to calling it post-COVID lockdown. Mm. So yes. not that COVID, COVID's gone, but the lockdown is gone. And that's kind of what we live through, you know? That's right. Absolutely. That's right. And then there's just the psychological perspective, which is I think at some point people just, just made the decision in their mind that it's over. So, right. So in some senses, even though, you know, what, irrespective of what, you know, the, the, the CDC says or whatever, in terms of maybe, you know, up, downgrading from pandemic to endemic, et cetera, it's like, well, people have just had it. And at some point they're just they're, I think that's what you what you were pointing to, Shannon, which is like they're ready to get on with it. And whatever the risks are, they're, they're ready to, to brave those risks. And it's a completely yeah. different risk profile now with respect to what consumers are putting up with. You know? Yeah. So you could, let's talk about some of your stories. Um, I'm looking here at your list. And I know that recently you talked about um, this uh the uh, peek under the hood of the NCT 127 souped up. What 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 was that about? Do you want to talk about that? Oh man, so yeah, that wasn't um, Halloween related. No, it, it was wasn't a... Halloween. I know, but it sounded yeah. interesting. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, it was just an incredible event. It, it was um, from one of my favorite music groups, one of my favorite pop groups, NCT 127. They are a um, a band, a pop band out of South Korea. Wow! And um, they say that name again. Because you got to help educate. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, Wait a second. So That's a serial is... number. That's is that a, or a band? What's yeah, this? I wasn't sure. N that was a band. So NCT one two seven. The NCT stands for Neo Culture Technology. Oh, it's one two seven is like the coordinates of Seoul, Korea. Wow. Whoa. Okay. It, yeah. So they're basically like so they're this, oh, this incredible, wow. incredible pop band. And they were touring in the U.S. Um, they did this really great show out in L.A. that I am um, I happened to go see. They also happened to invite me to the follow-up pop-up, which was um, the Two Baddies Speedway pop-up. To sort of keep it concise, the most recent their most recent release, Two Baddies, has a very strong car theme. Okay. The um, the chorus is Two Baddies, Two Baddies, One Porsche. So <laughs> they wow. had the actual Porsche from the oh, video. That's cool. so, can you can you do that again? I just <laughs> I, that was just wonderful. <laughs> it was it was very very embarrassing. But like with the full gusto, it's two baddies, two baddies, one Porsche. Oh, <laughs> it is catchy. It's all hell. Nice. And so they that was the theme of their album. So they did this really great pop up out in um, Peterson Automotive Museum out in L.A. And they had the actual Porsche from the video. Mm. The band came out and did a Q and A. There was a um, a few content creators um, who are dancers, and they came out and um, taught. I think their names are Ellen and Brian. Mm. And Eclipse. They came out and taught choreography wow. um, to all of the fans. It was just this. So yeah, what so was the role of Porsche? Was Porsche an accidental partner, or had they did they pay it them to do it, or do you know the role of Porsche in all of this? I am unclear in terms of like the the specifics. I feel like in order to like be able to rely on Porsche so heavily, there has to be some sort of agreement there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, we didn't yeah. really go in depth in because terms of like how that's just that brilliant for like I mean the car companies are all about brand and to yeah. bring in that that population, that younger population, that, totally. um, that's a yeah. really nice, what you're describing, it sounds very organic and mm -hmm. like fun. And... Yeah. Exactly. There's, it's like a natural, there's a natural marriage there between art and brand. Yes, and yes, you yes. are appealing to a younger audience who, you know, obviously some of them are just starting to drive and there's their fan base also trends a little bit older. So there are people who are actively driving and who can obviously build an appreciation for 
nice cars. So you have this marriage between brand and art. They had boba guys out there giving out drinks. So there's culture there. Wow. And then, um, you know, you're bringing all of this to the Peterson Automotive Museum, which if you, for a person that probably wouldn't have naturally sought out that type of museum, mm. now I can't yes. wait to go back. Oh, that's cool. You had to go through that. And there are all these amazing cars and motorcycles, and it just means great opportunities for them as well. So yeah. it's just a win all around. It yeah, so, so definitely. Fun. And what's interesting is you're a professional, you know, with a critical eye, and you're not even sure what Porsche's role was this, which means it was done really well. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It wasn't like, it you didn't like feel harsh, like it was harsh. too commercial, right. you know, and you weren't reacting against it. You were like embracing it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I imagine they'd have to be involved because the actual Porsche was on, on site, but it's just, it was just a really nice nice um sort of confluence of all of these like really these elements that tend to conflict like product placement and music you know it yeah. can either be received really well or received yes. really poorly yes and here is just an opportunity here is just an example of where it was done very well interesting so let me just reintroduce you quickly i know it's a little late in the show but let me oh, do sure. it anyway we're joined by shannon miller who's the creative and inclusion inclusive Inclusion. Easy editor. for you to say, yeah, Barbara, right. come on. For Adweek. Um, and Shannon, tell us like what your favorite, you said you wrote a few Halloween stories. You want to tell us quick what your favorite Halloween story was that you wrote? See, I'm at a disadvantage here because okay. um, <laughs> not long ago you had Leslie Blunt mm -hmm. on the show and she yeah. already talked in depth about probably what is my favorite. Oh no, talk Halloween about it again one. because I was not here. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. That is correct. That is if great. a tree uh, falls in the forest and, and I, no yeah, one's right, around, I, yeah. it Tell doesn't me make again. a sound or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the, the, the clear Halloween winner for me was Uber Eats. They did this really incredible um, branded show, short film called Don't Run Out. Um, it was oh, done by Agency right. Camp Grizzly and it starred Kiki Palmer. And it was this incredibly, it was this legitimately creepy short mm -hmm. film. Um, and it within the film, there were shoppable codes that you had to look for that you could use as um, discounts off of Uber Eats convenience orders. So hidden throughout the film, there was a million dollars worth of, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. of discount codes. And you had to really pay attention mm. to where they were because they could be in signs, they could be in candy labels, they could be in the audio. And you use those codes, you would punch them into Uber Eats and it would turn up into codes that I would, would either be, I think it ranged from like five or $10 to $500. Mm -hmm. I actually knew a person who tried a code and got $200 wow. off so of it's real. Their... This is not a this fake is, thing. Cool. <laughs> That's yeah. not a fake thing. And but, and but it's still tough because it is creepy right. as hell. Right. It's <laughs> scary. That's you so... know what? Just to tie together the two things you're talking about, and you're, you know, you're a reporter at Adweek, so what I hear you saying is all of this experiential stuff, these movies, these concerts, that's like the new advertising. Mm. Is that just if you had to generalize across your stories and what you're looking at, what percentage do you think is you know, traditional, old-fashioned commercials versus the kinds of things that you're talking about? I mean, just from your professional opinion, I'm curious you know, what the lay of the landscape is. It would be hard to distill it into a percentage, but what I can definitely tell you is that there is more of an emphasis now on experiences than there are in like the traditional 30 or 60 second spot. For sure. Because right. at this at this point in time, you know, consumers are, are just incredibly intelligent. They know and can see through a well shot, well posed 60 second spot. They want to be able to experience the brand, what they stand for, and their creativity. 
So there is a strong lean towards experiential and towards things that they that feel a little bit more tangible. So when you have what sort of like my big passion right now is music marketing, because you have this thing where you you have an opportunity to create these really, really great fan experiences. And hence why that um, NCT 127 pop-up was so brilliant is because you can sort of bring fans into the art and sort of close that gap a little bit. But you're seeing it also in in um, QSR, in quick service restaurants, in alcohol, um, even in delivery and, and, and things like this. You have to consider that the consumer doesn't just want to be told that a product is good. They want to know for certain that this is a brand worth shopping and this is a brand worth um, investing in. And the best way to do that is through experiential. So we're seeing a very acute rise Mm. in experiential right now because we no longer have a quarantine to sort of excuse us from not connecting with our audience. And because it's just a, a great way to figure out who your real consumer base is. We can pop, we can sort of posture and guess all we want to, but you don't really know until you see them come out to your event. So that's that's yeah. The big so thing it right sounds now. like just to summarize, and then I'm going to have to thank you for joining us. But it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, take it from America's brand identity, where the brand becomes part of who you are. That now, mm-hmm. in order to really appreciate brand, you literally have to experience it. You're, you're like you have a mm-hmm. partnership with the brand. You're no longer a passive listener, which is what mm-hmm. all traditional advertising was. Uh, and that's a really interesting perspective. Shannon, we thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you? Um, well, you know, I camp out on Adweek. So definitely <laughs> check out and subscribe to Adweek. You can also find me on Twitter at Shannon L underscore Miller. And those are pretty much the two places where I roam um, exclusively. So find me there. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, we're going to take a short break now. This is Marketing Matters Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.